Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. Oilers Now. Royal Pizza. Pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Uh, we will continue our I Won't Be Home for Christmas theme uh, coming up during the middle of our interview with Alan May. We'll also hear some comments from Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock, who today split up Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, Yessa Pugliarvi, who's starting to gain some traction as a uh, winger on the Oilers squad, uh, moved up to play with Ryan Newton, Hopkins, and McDavid on the Oilers' top line. So uh, we'll have some thoughts on that as well. Without further ado... Pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by Al May. Hello, Al. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Bob? Good. Quite the uh, feisty start to last night's game between the two teams that have combined to win the last three Stanley Cups, the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was, uh, well, that was the shot heard around the world from Tom Wilson and rather ironic given some of the comments made in the past by Jim Rutherford, the Pittsburgh general manager. Well, there haven't been too many old-school hockey games in D.C. this year. And with all the poke checking and sweep checking and stick waving going on out there, there hasn't been a whole lot of physical games. And, you know, the games are – all the coaches are tacticians now, and, and it's a different way of playing hockey than I really appreciate or like. And last night was one of the games, as always, between Pittsburgh and Washington that has that old-school rivalry. It has that hate that we saw in the Battle of Alberta forever, and hopefully we're getting back on a regular basis. And both teams bring their best hockey. And last night was such a, a, a great start to the game, exciting in the fact that, you know, there was physical contact. There was a, a heavyweight tilt with one heavyweight and another guy wanting to be a heavyweight. Uh, but you know what? I, uh, I loved everything about that game. And the one thing I don't like is, you know, reminiscing back about Jim Rutherford's comments, a guy that never had a fight in the National Hockey League, picking fights for his six foot seven inch, 255 pound hockey player. That's not a guy that fights. That's not an NHL tough guy, certainly not a heavyweight. And he put that kid in a very bad predicament, and he got his butt kicked as a result of it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, we, we've seen Alexiak, uh 
he uh, he's fought Chara, and he was defensive in the fight, but he did stand up and you know waited in there, and he also. Uh, he caught Maroon at the end of a shift last year, but Maroon is not a guy that can hurt you with a punch. I mean, we're not talking a Milan Lucic caliber puncher here. Uh, and in terms of Tom Wilson, I think maybe he surprised some people. Uh, by I mean, that was frankly that was a, it's not often you see a player of that size get buckled like that in a scrap, Alan. You've been on a lot of them over your career. And uh, you know what? Maybe if I had a little bit more courage at a younger age, my, I might have been in a few more. But it's uh, it's <laughs> and ones that would actually count for something in life. But it is a scary proposition. Were you a little bit surprised? Uh, you know, because Wilson landed. That was a pretty clean shot. He landed there. Well, the, the biggest problem I have with the way the players fight nowadays is if you're going to drop your gloves, you have to be a lot more defensive and be way more intelligent in how you fight. And if you never fight, you should be going after the player's dominant arm. Alexiak went over the shoulder, kind of to the nameplate of Wilson. And so he's not anchored very well. He was turned sideways, got himself off balance right off the bat. And, you know, between that and the jersey punch, which I despise, uh, guys put themselves in a lot of bad situations in fights. And, you know, the guys who do it on a regular basis, Lucic, Cashin, they know how to understand where the leverage is, how to protect themselves at the same time and are, are aware. They're still trying to win the fight, but they protect themselves at the same time. A guy like Alexiak, you mentioned a few players that he fought, but you know he's only had a handful of fights in right. his NHL career. And, you know, it's almost like he shamed him to them because he's the six foot seven guy, which, you know, six foot seven doesn't make you tough. Tough is inside of you. You know, it's how you grow up, it's how your hockey career you you, you, you rise up through your hockey career. You either got it in you or you don't have it in you. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of badass in the guys that do fight. They've been doing that their whole life. It's not just something they decided they would try to be a pro, pro hockey player and do it that way. You know, Lucci, Thornton, Chara, they've always been tough. Tom Wilson, he's always been tough. Zach Cashin, he's always been tough. And, and you go through that, and it's not because they're bigger or they're any different. Ty Domi, he was always tough. And, you know, you just – and I say – and I don't say tough means you can fight. I mean, they're just – their personalities, the, the way they think about themselves, the way they carry themselves, they, they they wake up and when they're ready to play hockey, they're not in a good mood, and when they are, they don't play very well. So I don't think Jamie Alexiak has a whole lot of that in him. Well, you know, it's interesting. Now, I've had this conversation. You know, we used to have uh, Brendan Ulrich produce the show. Now it's Brendan Escott, and they're both, you know, 30 and 25, respectively. And I asked him, how many fights have you been in your life? And, like, Brendan Ulrich told me he'd been in one fight in his entire life, on or off the ice. And, I, I mean, you and me are roughly of the same vintage. I wasn't good enough to play in the Western League. Uh, you were. But I can tell you, off the ice, I, I probably got my ass kicked 20 to 25 times before. And you, and you learn during the course of that time. And, and so the question I have for you, is it a little bit generational? with some of these guys as well. That we have some guys that, you know, their experience has been dissimilar to maybe some other guys who on top of fighting maybe, you know, 50 to 60 times in a junior career, because you can't do that anymore, probably fought 15 to 20 times in school because that's just how it was 25 to 30 years ago. Uh, It's absolutely generational. And, you know, you you look back and everyone thinks how barbaric those days were. But, you know, when you had to bully someone back then, you had to bully it standing face-to-face with a person. You couldn't do it uh, on your social social media machine and, you know, from a distance through an email or, or, you know, spread gossip to someone. You had to say things to people's faces. And if they took exception, there was an incident. 
So, you know, it, it is different. The world is different. It's changing. You're going to upset a lot of your listeners, all the, the, the tree-hugging PC vegans. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a, different, a completely different world right now. And, uh, you know, what? when that does happen, I still didn't see anyone sitting down in Capital One Arena last night. When those guys threw down, everyone stood up. Everyone was cheering. Everyone was hooting and hollering. The Pittsburgh fans weren't happy. The Capitals fans were ecstatic. And uh, I, I still think... I love physical hockey. I miss the hitting more than anything on a regular basis. Uh, the poke checking and the sweep checking that we've seen at a lot of these teams that just sit back and, and wait. That's not fun hockey to watch. There's a reason the KHL is empty, and, and you, if you watch those teams in the Super League and the you know, it's just not fun hockey to watch people waving their sticks. You know, that's why men's league games aren't crowded because there's no contact and it's just a bunch of guys out there skating and passing the puck, having a good time and trying to score some goals on a Thursday night and before they go for some beers. People like conflict, Al. That's part of it, right? That's, you know, we, we like a little bit of that. Uh, Crosby and Ovechkin got into it last night as well. They always do. You know what? Those two guys always bring their best hockey for each other's teams, and I, I love the rivalry that they have. They have so much respect for each other, uh, but they both play, try to play their best games. They, the game that they want to play their best in every year is the Caps-Penguins games, and, and they both do. And Last night, Sid was awesome. Obi was awesome. Didn't get on the board. Neither of them scored. But I thought both of them, you know, they compete, and, and they're there to stick up for their teams. They're, they're laying the wood. Uh, they're throwing big hits. They're involved in every scrum. They don't shy away from anything. And I think it's great leadership of those two to continually go after each other after all this time of playing against each other. Yeah, well, I mean, you didn't get the end result you wanted. Pittsburgh got a goal. Uh, was it Did Russ score again? He's been on a bit of a hot streak. I want to ask you about Burakovsky because – uh, it's interesting. Ken Hitchcock here, Al, has uh, taken taken on Yessa Pugliarvi as a project and tried to build some confidence with him, and Pugliarvi's starting to show, and you can see it a bit with his teammates. They're starting to see, like, they're starting to gain some trust and belief in him. And, um, you know, Burakovsky's name has been out there as a guy that could be potentially in play. What, are you, what, what do you know on the Burakovsky front involving Washington? Well, you're just hearing, you know, if he's going to be traded, it's going to have to be for something very good because whoever he goes to, I think he's going to light it up. If he does leave here, he is so fast. He's got a great shot. And I just think his confidence is not where it needs to be. And, you know, he, he is, he's made great strides in his game last year against Tampa. Uh, game seven, he had a really big game after I think it was sitting out the game before. And he's got breakaway skills, and I, I just think that sometimes, you know, he, actually not sometimes, all the time, he's his own worst enemy. And I don't think he was brought along properly at the start of his career. I felt he should have stayed in junior with McDavid one more year, even though they didn't play in the same line. They probably would have if he would have went back for one more year. And then played him in the American League, taught him some of the finer points of playing without the puck, uh, the details of the game. And, you know, because up here there's just so much pressure on players like that to score goals, and, and it's unfair uh, because it's a lot of media-driven, you know, problems, and the fans get on, you know, social media, and these kids all, all go on there when they shouldn't. And, you know, you got to be patient with these young guys. I, I think it's too soon to throw in the towel on this kid because he's so exceptional. Uh, and it doesn't always work out. And I, I think Edmonton's been a place where they've chewed up their young players for far too long. Yep. And you can't keep continuing to throw them away. And Pool Javarvi, I say his name different every time I say it. But anyways, I think I, when I see him play, I, I see a kid 
that is so close to lighting it up on a regular basis, figuring the game out. But, you know, the players that come from overseas who don't come from English-speaking countries uh, or, or weren't taught growing up, and I don't know what his English is like, but there's a different culture. Everything from work, work you know, the culture. Pro- yeah, work in progress there, Al. Work in progress. Yeah, and, it, you know, and when they start to think in English like their teammates, you know, the world's a lot easier. But, you know, they come over here, everything is different. Their diet, you know, people don't think that's a big deal. When you go on vacation, if you got to eat the cuisine of the other countries, it's a big deal. And I look at, you've got to let these players get acclimated. And they're kind of by themselves when they come over. And, you know, there was a time when Edmonton had a ton of Finnish hockey players. And it was easier for those players to assimilate. And now when you get these, these players come over the world so fast, there's so much information out there. They're, you know, the hockey's harder to play now than it was in the past because it's more of an X's and O's game. And I, I just think they've got to be really patient with this kid. I hope that he starts to connect with Dreisaitl or McDavid, whoever's going to be a center. I don't, Nugent Hopkins, if he's back at center at some point. I, I want this kid to do well. I see it's all there. And it's just a matter of time because he's got that devastating shot. If, he, if he's able to be put in a position to take that shot more often, I think at some point when he gets himself on that first power play, he's going to be a regular contributor in the goal-scoring department. Yeah, he's on the second as of today, and uh, that's for now. I think in time he will get that look. All right, Al, we're going to switch focus. We are going to uh, go down the path of I won't be home for Christmas because you played uh, pro hockey for a long time. So uh, we're just going to put you on hold here for a second and then bring you back in. During the holidays, loved ones are in our hearts no matter where they are. All right, Al, I'm going to take you back. I, I, I know you bounced around in junior hockey, but over the course of your uh, playing career, how many of those years do you figure you didn't end up uh, back home for Christmas? Well, I never. I made it home every single year in junior, all four years. And then when I got to pro, I spent one Christmas at home, and that was my Christmas with the Oilers on a call-up. But uh, my very first year, you know, that that was the toughest one. In Carolina? In, North Car- in Carolina. In Carolina. Yep. Yep. And my roommate and I didn't have... We weren't making much money, but we're the two highest paid guys in the team, and that does, that's not saying a lot because there were, you know, big time restrictions and limits on how little you could be paid back then. And we had probably been asked by a dozen people to go to go to Christmas dinner, and we, you know, we didn't want to be mooted. We didn't want to, you know, we kept saying no to everyone, and there we were on Christmas Day with an empty refrigerator, no stores open. You're in the Bible Belt. So there's nothing that's open. There's not a 7-Eleven. There's nowhere to eat. We've got an empty refrigerator. We've got 18 short beers left, and they were the worst beers in the world, Stroh's Light. So we had the worst Christmas. the worst Christmas. Christmas is the worst TV day, uh, especially back then. The world's different now. But we made sure, we made, we made a promise to each other, no matter where we're at the rest of the time, and someone asks you for Christmas, you jump on the first one. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, I, I never spent another Christmas at home by ourselves like that again. Now, Doug McCarthy, the former Alberta Golden Bear, uh, he went actually to the U of A after that year. Uh, was he not like the, the, the top scorer in your team that season? Yeah, he was. I think he led the league in scoring. And uh, I think he went back to U of A and led the U of A in scoring every year after that. But Dougie... Uh, in today's world, I think he would have played in the NHL. He, he was an incredible hockey player, an incredible hockey IQ. Uh, undersized, but no one could hit him. I, I've never seen him get hit. 
he never slowed down on the tough stuff. He was just a, a maniac out there, how competitive he was. And, you know, probably loved hockey more than any person I've ever been around in my life. Best hand-eye coordination I ever saw. Al May joining us. I won't be home for Christmas, so you guys turned down opportunities down in Carolina. Uh you spent time with Maine and the Nova Scotia Oilers, then in the Cape with the Oilers organization. When you made it to the NHL and were with Washington in 89-90, uh, at that point, who took you in over the Christmas break? Dino Cicerelli. And Dino had usually had four or five trees in his house. This guy was a Christmas maniac. And uh, he had the trains everywhere. You know, he had lived in the NHL superstar house. And uh, they had a ton of food. All the Cicerelli clan would always be there. And you'd get there early and you'd leave late. And you'd be really happy, full, and uh, a little bit too much to drink. And if anybody ever went within five feet of Dino Cicerelli, what were you going to do to him about the ice? Well, I was always the same. He took care of me. I took care of him. Awesome stuff. Al, you've uh, been on our show uh, once every two weeks for the last four years. Happy holidays. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us on I Won't Be Home for Christmas Day, okay? Take care, Bob, and Merry Christmas to everyone in Edmonton. All right, that's uh, former NHLer L. May, who willed his way to the National Hockey League with his thoughts on I Won't Be Home for Christmas. We'll take a quick timeout. For those who can't make it home this holiday season, our thoughts are with you. Merry Christmas from 630 Chad. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 151 in Edmonton. We're going to go to this day in Oilers history. Brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. This Christmas, give the gift of travel. A New West Travel gift certificate. It's a great gift. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. Dave Campbell, you found this, so bring it. What do you got? Well, i got to get my... Uh, oh, no, well, I'll do it. I'll... It's about Dave Lumley. Uh, Dave Lumley. Good old Lummer. It's always nice to hear stories about Dave Lumley. We go back to 1981. Dave Lumley scores for the 12th consecutive game. The Oilers beat the Colorado Rockies. The Colorado Rockies. Not the baseball team. The old hockey, the old hockey team. 7-4. Uh, by the way, Lumley's streak would end the next game. Still, that's the longest consecutive ga- goal-scoring streak in Oilers history at 12 games. I think he finished with 32 goals that year during the 81-82 season. Which was only sixty behind Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he was a, he had some work to do, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, but that that's an interesting stat, and I don't think a lot of you know maybe fans of today would would realize that. But that was an impressive streak back then. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, so today was a, a, a big. Uh, by the way, we'll, we're going to continue uh, at six thirty, Chad, with chorus on the "I won't be home for Christmas" theme throughout the course of the six thirty, Chad afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. And tonight, uh, Reed Wilkins is is it Reed or uh, you, Dave? That's doing the interview uh, with uh, Evan Bouchard. It'll be Reed. It'll be Reed. So we'll replay portions of Evan Bouchard's interview on tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now. And again, uh, with the I won't be home for Christmas theme, and I think Evan's probably pretty excited about that, given that he's representing Team Canada at the upcoming World Junior Championships. Tomorrow, we have both Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Creek Resort Casino and Brian Burke, 
From NHL Hockey and Rogers for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. So we're loading up the uh, the final show before Christmas for you. We'll have a best of show on Christmas Eve and a best of show on Boxing Day here for Oilers Now and 6:30. Chad. Speaking of loading up, the Oilers have split up Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle. Ken Hitchcock spoke to that about 25 minutes ago. We appreciate Reed Wilkins sending in this audio and Hitch's comments. I, I would prefer the two play together, and 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 one of the reasons um, um, I like I want to try Leon at center ice is I see the way that Leon negates the other team's top players competitively wise and I love that and I want to put him on a good line that uh, that can score off off of the way that he negates people he he's competitive and he's got great hands uh, for a big man and he can push other people out of the game and I, I want to take advantage of that so I'm looking more at a one-two punch uh, which seems to be where the league's going now. And uh, so I want to try this and take a look at it and see how it looks. Well, and you know what? The orders had slumped of late. They've dropped two straight. That line with McDavid, Drysettle, and Chase on. I think it was Darcy McLeod, Wood guy, and put it out, you know, something like 42%, 43% puck possession metrics over the last few games. Um, and so uh, today we end up with Yessa Pugliarvi on the right wing, Ryan Nugent Hopkins left side with Connor McDavid, and then dry settle between Reeder and uh, Jason. The Oilers had Drake Kajula next to Kyle Brodziak and Zach Cassian. Some speed on the wings there for Brodziak, and then Milan Lucic was with Jujar Kara slash Ryan Spooner. We know that Kara is suspended for two games, and then on the right wing, Ty Ratty. Yessa Pugliarvi getting a look-see with Connor McDavid. Here's Ken Hitchcock. I feel like his next step is to get his tempo higher. And he's... That's why we're putting him on a line that has more tempo. We're putting him on the power play where he has to, has to do things quicker. Um... I'm not sure either one is going to work long term, but I know that if I can get him up another level tempo-wise with with the way his conscious is on the ice defensively, he's going to make a good teammate. So why not play him with the fastest player on the team and maybe even in the league and see if he can keep up. And that's what we want to do with these next two days of practice. Uh, you know, Based on one day, five on five, he looked very good. And he looked a little bit uh, uh, not up to speed on the power play stuff. So we'll take another day on the power play tomorrow, and hopefully he continues to pro- improve five on five. And now we got another step where he can start doing things off the rush, and then we get a more complete player. There's a progression in terms of how Hitchcock's trying to bring Pulley around. The Oilers kept the first power play unit the same, which meant Pulley was not on it. Uh, so that was McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Chase on that front presence. Uh, and then on the point, Darnell Nurse, obviously, in the massive uh, wake of the absence of one Oscar Clefbaum, who's playing 25 minutes a game for Edmonton. Power play number two, Paul Yarvey was on it. He had not been. He was on power play two. And again, this is part of the growth and maturation that's going to need to occur. He's seen some progression with what Paul Yarvey's been able to do five on five because... You know, you've had Hitchcock bringing him along uh, in terms of from a structure and process perspective, Ken saying it's clear that, you know, there's still some growing pains there in the power play translation. It's going to take some time to get him up to speed 
on the power play. Spooner was on the power play. Lucic was the net front presence. Caleb Jones was on the power play as well. That was uh, somewhat interesting to me as well. All right. We'll be back tomorrow again. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service. Elliot Friedman from uh, NHL Hockey and Rogers as well for the River Creek Resort and Casino. Reed Wilkins has a jam-packed edition of Inside Sports Night 6 to 8. TSN personality, terrific guy, Jay Onright. What are his 2018 first-round pick and Canadian World Junior defenseman Evan Bouchard? A novice hockey discussion about the benefits and potential drawbacks of playing on half ice and not keeping score. And a discussion about the Edmonton Eskimo schedule, which was released today. Thank you to uh, Dave Campbell again for helping put this show together. The uh, I Won't Be Home for Christmas theme continues up next with the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. So long, everybody, from Rogers Place. Offer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.